This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by HostGator, where you'll get 24-7 live support via chat, phone, email, one-click WordPress installs, easy-to-use website builder design services and marketing services like SEO and PPC, and for my listeners, a 30% discount. Go to HostGator.com slash promo slash duct tape. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Marcus Sheridan. Some might know him as the Sales Lion. He's also the owner of River Pools and Spas, but these days he's one of the more sought-after speakers on the topics of inbound and content marketing. And I think a first-time guest. Thanks uh, for joining me, Marcus. John, it's my pleasure, man, and uh, I'm excited to be, I've been a follower of yours for a long dang time, and you know, we share so many philosophies, so I'm I'm thrilled to, to chat about it today with your listeners. Yeah, and, you, and you're one of those uh, folks, I think, that has, uh, you know, as I've been doing this for a few years, you know, you see people come and go, and you, you're certainly are one of those folks that was on, you know, the outside of, of some of that uh, kind of circle looking in as you were getting started, and I would say you're probably at the top of the ranks of, uh, of the folks that go out there and do that uh, speaking stuff these days, so you have uh, you've accomplished quite a lot, my friend. Well, thank you for that, and um, you know it took a lot more effort than swimming pools did to get to the top of that space. I'll tell you that. You know, it's two different worlds. I thought I was going to be able to come into the content marketing realm, and um, that things were going to happen as easy. And that's when I really, you know, I talk about this thing. You know, it's been talked about in different circles. This thing I call CSI, which is the Content Saturation Index of an industry. You know, and, yes. and our industry, that of teaching about inbound or content marketing or social media it is so it is so saturated that it's that it's harder for the cream to rise to the top still possible but it's just tougher whereas with swimming pools you know nobody was everybody's so busy digging holes nobody was thinking about content marketing and we were able to explode onto the scene and just really establish ourselves as the leaders i say within about six months well and and i i I you know had clients i go back to like 2003 2004 that i started telling uh, that they should be blogging, and people like in construction industries, uh, like you know, essentially the pool building business, and they looked at me like, "What are you crazy?" But I had a couple that listened, and the same thing happened. I mean, there there is a remodeling contractor in my community that I worked with ten years ago that still you know outranks you know everybody in a very competitive industry. Uh, when you when you search for anything to do with remodeling in his community, and a lot of it had to do with uh, him saying, "Okay, I'll you know if you say I should do this, I'll do it," and and that's a great thing. I, I think there's still, believe it or not, are some industries out there that that opportunity exists. It exists, John. But not only that, you know, someone says to me the question I think that's that loves to go around these days is, "So where's this all going to be in ten years, right? Mm-hmm. Or where's this all going to be in twenty years?" And I'm like, all right, so, so really how are we defining content marketing? Because when I define it, when I look at it, to me it's an obsession with listening to the questions that your prospects and customers are asking, the fears, concerns, issues, worries they have. So it's listening better than anyone else, communicating in a way that they actually understand you versus speaking like a business. You know, you speak like the consumer, the customer, the mm-hmm. prospect. Mm-hmm. Teaching them, not just throwing information at them, but seriously seeing yourself as a teacher. And then finally being obsessed with solving their problems, as Jay Bear would say, being a utility, right? So that's, to me, content marketing, and that, those are eternal principles. They're yeah. not going anywhere in 
five years and 10 years and 20 years. Now the platforms might change and the things that we use today so prolifically might change, but the principles by which we engender trust, that will not change. And I just hope businesses don't forget that and don't sit there and say, well, you know, I'm just too late to the game, too late to the party, no use going in. No, I think there's no question. And, and, and I would add one uh, element to that is, is, I think, because it is so easy to publish information today, I would, I would add that I think one of our chores is to actually publish information that's useful that may have nothing to do with what we sell, uh, but, but that, that helps in some way you know, in, in our client's world or our prospect's world. No doubt. No so, doubt. That's what, that's what it's all about. I've got to add one more thing to sure, this. Just sure, one sure. last little point. Uh, just because of your listeners, and I would love for them to hear this stat because it'll it'll probably shock them. You know, when I when I embraced content with my swimming pool company, I had a 25-page website. I had no idea really what would happen. But because of advanced analytics and because we embraced this content thing, we sold in 2013. There's just one number that usually shocks people. It shocks me to death. We sold 2013 95 in-ground swimming pools. And... Because of these advanced analytics, we know that the average customer that year read 105 pages of the site before they bought. Yeah. It's profound. Yeah. And I never would have known it, John, because you know, I think we grossly underestimate people's willingness to become comfortable with a buying decision through information. Sure. We do. And, and most businesses just don't appreciate how hard it is to be a customer because they've forgotten, because they're the business owner, right? Yeah. They're an expert. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I often try to say, well, just think of your own experience. How do you find X? You know, how do you, you know, get comfortable with something you're going to buy? And I think a lot of people, when, when it, just as you said, when they put that, you know, buyer hat on instead of seller hat on, all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, okay, I guess I do do that. Well, well, you know, it's the ones that are great in this industry are the ones I found that understand what you just said. It's an art obsessing over the ignorant consumer. And I mean that in a completely positive way, right? I mean, it's the ability to just shed away all that, quote, intelligence that you have about your thing, your product, your service, and really being into the mind, putting yourself in the shoes of that person that is just thinking about buying that thing or doesn't know they need the thing, but they have a problem. The ones that can do that better than anyone else, they never run out of content. They never run out of things to say. They never run out of ideas. They're really viewed as the thought leaders of their space. Yeah, in fact, um, I, I often, you know, when people come up to me, at, at, particularly when I'm speaking you know, about this topic, and they're like, well, where do we get, you know, where do we get new ideas for this? I said, well, just go look. You know, especially the, the, the best are when, you know, a company said, okay, this person in marketing is our content person. And, and of course, that person knows nothing about the product, about the problems, you know, about any of the issues. Um, and, but they're supposed to write all the content. And, and so a lot of times those people will come to me and say, I, I, you know, I can't get the engineers to write. I don't know. And I said, just go look at their sent email. You know, they've probably answered, you know, 473 blog posts um, just in things that they've sent to customers and to prospects. <laughs> Love it. And and I think that that's you know I I, I think and, and that's a lot of what I want to talk about today because you've been you've been talking about you know I've been preaching for a long time that you know content is not marketing's job. I mean I think it's maybe started that way, but I think then once we realized how hungry the consumer was and how necessary content was in the customer journey, you know, I think people started, some of the smart people, and I know people you advise, you know, started realizing that content is everyone's job. So, you know, how do we, how do we get that word out in a way that uh, is, is both practical and usable for, you know, the, the 
20-person firm out there? Well, it's a great point because here's what – a couple major issues, all right? So, so there's, I would say if there's two – the two biggest issues in this space right now uh, would be, number one, I can't get the buy-in that right. I'm looking for. Right. That's number one. Number two is I don't have enough content. And, and it's, it's a crying shame if you look at both of these. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I love – here's a question that I love to ask, John. I know you've asked the same thing before. Um, so I'll, I'll be in front of a, you know, a group of entrepreneurs or business owners, whatever, and I'll say, how many salespeople do you have? And somebody will say 10 or 20 or 30. Let's just say they have 10 salespeople on their team. I'm like, okay, so how many emails on average each day does that salesperson send out? And they'll say, oh, 20 emails a day. And I'm like, okay, so of those emails, of those 20 that they send out, how many are answering your question? an issue, a worry, a concern, et cetera, of a prospect or a customer. And they'll say, oh, well, at least 10 of the 20. And so if it's at least 10 of the 20, what I just heard from that person is they've got 10 salespeople that at least are sending out each 10 emails a day that are answering a a customer's questions, issues, worries, et cetera. It's almost like they're saying, I'm writing, Marcus, 100 blog articles a day, but you see, I'm just throwing it away and never using it again because it's getting lost on this thing called email. And it's a crying shame. What would happen if every time, as a culture of your company, if every time somebody in sales or engineering or whatever the department is had one of those types of questions they were sending out to a lead, to a prospect, to a customer, what would happen if somebody in marketing was BCC'd? Or if there was an email specific to it like blog ideas at yourcompany.com for email, that is something that we have done with a lot of our clients. It's unbelievable, John. And then all of a sudden, it's, you never hear them say, we just don't have enough content. And like you said, I think that if salespeople are still living in 1995 and still thinking that they control this whole deal and do not understand the reality that, hey, 70% of the buying decision on average is made before they even talk to the salesperson, if they don't get that, we got a problem. Yep. And the only way we're going to help them get that and then help them see what their role can be in marketing and see why they should and must be in marketing, that it should be almost a combined effort. Well, clearly it should be. We've got to eliminate the silos. What I find is you start with a workshop. That should be mandatory. If any company is going to do content marketing, you should have an all-hands-on-deck workshop where they get the what, the how, and the why. They see the entire vision and what their role is going to be, what this whole content marketing thing is. And then you have somebody in place like a content manager or serves as a content manager that is the organizer, that is the catalyst, that is the interviewer, that is the reporter, that is busy getting all that information out of the heads of those subject matter experts and getting it on the screen, on, in text, in audio form, in video form. Yeah, I think you hit on a. I think you hit on a word. I've been certainly saying this for a long time that that content is not a department; it's culture, um, and and I think that that's what has to happen. Is is people need to realize? I mean, I, you know, the CEO has a point of view that should be heard. The you know head of engineering has a point of view that should be heard. And and in the buyer's journey, you know, I think they want they in many cases they need to interact with all of those points of view. And I and I think that that's. You know, when, when companies start embracing that, that content is everyone's job, uh, I think they start producing the most useful content possible. Well, with river pools, it's interesting that you put it like that. And, you know, with river pools, when people used to ask me when I was just a pool guy before I became a marketing guy, they were like, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I, 
I, um, I installed fiberglass swimming pools, right? That's what we did. And then when I really understood content marketing and we exploded and everything changed, I realized that when people would ask me that question, it changed to when someone said, Marcus, what do you do? I would say, well, we happen to be the best teachers in the world when it comes to fiberglass pools, <laughs> and we install them as well. And everybody in our company understands that philosophy. Yeah. And so they know that if somebody asks them what they do, what we want them to say and think and feel is we teach people about fiberglass swimming pools. Now, I might happen to be a service tech. I might happen to be an installer. I might have to be an excavator driver. I might have to be, I might be the manager. Whatever the thing is, but we're all teachers. It is a philosophy that permeates the entire business. And it's amazing when somebody wears another hat and another title and they realize, yeah, I do have something to say. You know, a lot of people on your team would love to give valuable information to the world and would love to be a teacher. They've just never been given the mouthpiece. And once they're given that mouthpiece, many of them take it and run. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely true. I, I, I think what you're hitting on, and quite frankly, is te teaching an organization that embraces this is the easy part. Getting an organization at the very top to understand that this, you know, not just giving this lip service, but actually making this, you know, part of people's job um, is the hard part. I, I have found there's still a lot of organizations that, you know, even though people like you and I are saying content, 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 they still don't get it. Um, and I, what, what have you found? I, I'm, I'm sure that there are listeners out here. I go out and speak and I talk about this and salespeople come up to me every day and say, I want to do this, but nobody, you know, nobody measures me, you know, for doing this. I mean, how do we get the organization to embrace this at the top? This is such a big issue. Like I said, it's the number one, John. Yeah, the number is. one is, and you would think the number one email that I've gotten over the years would be from businesses saying, I need help with lead traffic sales, or thank you for what you've written about this or that. The number one email, John, is from marketeers yep. that are so frustrated because they feel like there's this, there's this gold at the other side of that rainbow yep. called content or inbound, whatever you want to call it, yep. but yet nobody's willing to look across the other side. It's pretty unfortunate. So how do you do it? Well... <clears throat> This is, to me, the essence of, of workshops, but also it's the essence of, of true persuasion. And, and we're almost going to step, to understand this, I think it's important to step out of content marketing, quote, unquote, per se, and really get into psychology. What, what people have, first have to understand is everybody wants to feel like they discovered America. <laughs> everybody. And so... Nobody wants to be told that there's this country called America. They want to take the ship, and they want to discover it, and then they want to tell everybody else, hey, look, there's this country called America. Now, it sounds silly, but it's incredibly true. It's no different than if a CEO happens to run across a book about content marketing versus hearing it from one of their team members say, from their CMO, the likelihood that they'll believe that book over the CMO, even though the CMO's been saying that for four years, is so dramatically higher, because now they feel like they can discover America. When, when we do workshops, and there's a lot of things that I wouldn't say that we are the best agency at, at very much, in terms of, of, you know, this or that or whatever, 
But one thing that we do very, very well, one thing that we've had an incredible amount of success with, is we have probably taught as many workshops on content marketing as any company in the world, is my guess, over the last uh, 18 months, two years. And we've converted an amazing amount of hard-headed CEOs, management and salespeople, over to the side of, yes, I do need to be more transparent. I do need to be more honest. But like you said, the whole key is they have to have this ability to look into the mirror. And they have to understand first how they use the Internet. What are the questions they ask? And you can't – see, that's the – you know, well, I've got this, this – and this is what's crazy. One thing that I do now, John, that I've been doing for a little bit over a year is I've been teaching agencies, marketing agencies, companies – how to give workshops. Mm -hmm. And this all started when I taught a class on what should be in a workshop, okay, at HubSpot's big conference called Inbound. And, I, and as I was teaching that, that session, people, I could just tell they were enthralled with, because they were having this problem of getting the buy-in, having slow movement. In other words, they would, they would sign up a, a new client, and the retainer would start slow. They would get resistance. They weren't getting the buy-in. And so a great workshop that establishes this culture of content early gets all hands on deck, everybody understanding the what, the how, and the why, everybody understanding their role. It can be absolutely magical, but unless you ask the right questions. And that's why I, I took the time to formulate every single question that I ask in a workshop and, and, and verbatim, word for word, and I, once I read that, I said, oh, my goodness, because it's over 100 set questions that I ask every single time. Now, it's fast, but the point is every single question is leading the listener, the audience, to sit there and reflect upon their current behavior. And once they are able to reflect on that, they arrive to the conclusions before I have to say them. That's the hard part. That's what most agencies don't do. That's what most... You know, it's like oftentimes you want help with, with blogging. You send out an email to your team that says, hey, we need you all to be blogging. Nope, that doesn't work. You right. cannot do that because they don't understand the what, the how, and the why, and they haven't discovered it for themselves. You just have to help them discover it for themselves. Well, and I think that, you, you know, you, you have to overcome, you know, entrenched habits, right? The CEOs come up with, you know, the idea of the week five times. And, um, you know, in the last six months. And I think another thing, obviously, it can't be just the workshop. You know, it has to then be a process. It has to become a habit. You have to mean it. <laughs> you have to stay consistent with it. So, you know, it does take some work. But, uh, you know, everything takes work if you're going to get payoff. And I think that that's what, you know, we've discovered. I'm sure you've discovered the ones that embrace this, the payoff uh, is immense. And, and in fact, I, I wonder if you'd talk a little bit about some results that you have seen uh, from, from people that have not only done the workshop but then followed through. So, yeah, let me give you a couple things. And, and, and one, just, you know, you mentioned something there about the ongoing. We were teaching a workshop one time, had about 150 people there, and the CEO stands up when we're done, and he says, I've got an announcement, just so you know, we're changing all your job descriptions today, and everybody also includes marketing in the job description. And you're required, if asked, to spend minimum one hour a month with the marketing department to help them to produce the content that they need through text, video, etc., so that we can be the best in the world. Yeah. And this company is called Segway Technologies, and hopefully everybody get a chance to look them up. Now, Segway Technologies was getting about 2,000 visitors to their site 
exactly two years ago per month. All right, they're not a seasonal business, and so you know they do web app development, a lot of B two B, you know, very customized stuff, right? And we did that, and they embraced this philosophy as teachers. They got rid of this mentality that there was a secret sauce. And today they get about 60,000 visitors a month to their site. Now, when they started, they were getting 5% of their leads from the Internet. Today they get about 80% of their leads from the Internet. And I literally got an email recently from, from the CEO, and he was joking. It was, it, was, it was a funny email, but he said, Hey, Marcus, I'm mad at you. We're getting way too many leads, and we can't nearly keep up with them. <laughs> now, and that's never a problem it, that they had before. Let me give you another one. There's an amazing company I hope everybody can check out <clears throat> called Health Catalyst. Now, what's, what's unique about Health Catalyst? Extremely niche because what they do is healthcare analytics for hospitals. All right, this is a growing space. It's a, it's a big time. This is going to be a big time thing. Now, Health Catalyst's problem was twofold. Number one, their two biggest competitors were these two little companies called IBM and Oracle. <laughs> so they had to go against them for all of these hospitals. Also, their subject matter experts in this space are doctors and nurses. Now, how many doctors and nurses have the time to help produce blog content or right. videos? Of course, the answer is no until they actually value the thing, until they also see themselves as teachers, they understand the mission of the company. Well, to make a long story short, we had our workshop. All the doctors were there. The subject matter experts were there. Everybody bought in, and we started producing content more honest and more transparent content, mind you, than anybody else in that space, certainly better than Oracle, IBM, and the others were with the healthcare and Linux space. By the end of that year, we had signed Partners Healthcare and, and Kaiser Permanente, two of the biggest dogs we could have signed. And, you know, what's amazing is, just to give you one little, little idea of how this impacts things, one of the salespeople recently called uh, the vice president, and who then called me to brag about what had happened, and he said, he said, Marcus, my salespeople are freaking out because we just closed a deal and it took five months. Now, to anybody that's listening, that doesn't sound significant until you realize that it used to be their average deal time was 18 months and their average deal is between four to five million dollars. Now, all of a sudden, it makes a lot, it, it has a much greater impression. Well, it's right? a sig significant multiplier. <laughs> it's, it's significant. And the, the moral of the story is this, even hospitals, with all their red tape, are entering, are engaging at a very low point in the funnel oftentimes, because yeah. they have vetted their healthcare analytics company to death through their content before they ever actually started the process with the salesperson. That is the thing I think everybody has to remember and has to embrace, you know, and, and then just with river pools, you know, we were going to go out of business. We were, I was going to lose my home. My two business partners were going to lose their home. You know, every almost every single night for two straight years, around 11 p.m., midnight, John, I sat there. I had heard a question during the day about fiberglass pools. I said, how can I answer this as unbiased as possible, as honest as possible? And after doing that, you know, today we're the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world. We'll get a half a million visitors a month this summer. And, you know, we're turning now from just installing pools to becoming a manufacturer as well. And I think we'll probably be the largest manufacturer of fiberglass pools in the world within the next five to seven years. And it all happened because we said, hey, we want to become the Wikipedia of this space. That is our philosophy. Mm -hmm. We will never miss this. You know, when you say a culture, John, I think it's like payroll, man. Nobody's ever said, well, if I get a chance to, 
today on Friday. I'm going to take care of payroll. You just do it. You don't think about it. And the greatest companies at content marketing have a payroll philosophy. They do it. They don't think about it. Hook, crook, hurricanes, natural disasters, they don't let it stop them. They get the thing done. Well, and one of the things we found is, is in companies that embrace this, then they start taking an editorial approach. And so um, where I think people get in trouble is they wake up on Monday and say, what am I going to write about? Um, but if you realize how important this is, you start planning six, eight, 12 months out, maybe even, what you're going to write about. And all of a sudden, now you can start delegating it. Now you can start planning. Now you can start getting guests <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, that can appear at different times. And, and I think that that's the, uh, that's the secret to making it not seem like such a Herculean task. Wonderful point. In every workshop we do, we, we, we divide into teams, and we have a contest to see which team can come up with 25 questions that they get all the time from prospects or customers first. And, you know, we do this, and we've never come up with as a group in any and all the workshops, whether it's a few people or many, we've never come up with less than 100 total questions in 30 minutes. It's never happened before. You know, and if somebody just produces two pieces of content a week, that's enough content for a year. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like an editorial calendar that you just made up. Yep. And you did it in 30 minutes. I know you've done that exact same thing before. And I think we overcomplicate this, what yeah. should we write about? In fact, it's the simple things that oftentimes move the needle the most. Yeah. And I love your focus on questions, too, because it, there's a really good chance that if four customers ask that question, there's 400 people out there wondering it. Absolutely, 400 people searching it. You right. know, they're, they're certainly, you know, asking when they come to your website. To me, it comes down to questions and also, which is kind of, it's kind of the same thing, fears. You know, the, the story I love to, to share to people is the story of CarMax. You know, CarMax 15 years ago, which is the largest used car dealer in the United States right now, CarMax 15 years ago said our industry screwed up. And that was the yeah. best thing they ever did. They, they admitted that their industry was totally screwed up. And then they said, why do people hate buying used cars? And they literally listed all the fears that people have. And they said, well, okay, biggest fear is they hate to haggle. They don't like that whole buying experience. Yep. And so what did they do? They got rid of haggling. And the next thing they said, well, next biggest thing about used car is they have buyer's remorse. People get buyer's remorse. They'll buy a used car, and they're like, this is stupid. So now they have a five-day money-back guarantee. Next biggest fear is that they're going to buy a lemon. And so then they came up with this incredible inspection system that you actually have to watch when you're, when you're a first-time visitor to, to their store. You have to see how they go through this incredible inspection that's CarMax quality certified, right, to make sure that it quantifies for the lot. And so by the end, almost all your fears are eliminated, and that's why CarMax right now sells thousands of cars a month without people actually test driving the vehicle. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I've bought and sold you know, for all my kids. I've bought and sold my cars there. It's great. I mean, and, and yeah. you know, you talk about buying it, but selling it, too. You walk in, they say, yeah, they, you know, here's... You know, here's the here's what we'll give you. <laughs> I mean, there's and it's, they've it's eliminated your fears, exactly. and so thus your trust is through the roof. I mean, I think ultimately you're in the exact same business as I am, and every B two B is in the same business as B two C. It's a business of trust. Mm -hmm. Who can engender more trust than anyone else in their space? And what better to earn trust? Then becoming a teacher, being more honest and transparent than anybody else, and eliminating all fears. Well, and I'll tell you the payoff when you earn trust is uh, people expect to pay a premium, or they certainly don't balk at paying a premium for what you that's do right. because trust is so valuable to them. And that's that's the part that I think people don't get when we start talking about why invest in this. 
that's hey, exactly right. Hey, Marcus, thanks for joining us today. Where, um, where do you want people to go to find out more about you and, and what you're up to? Well, I've got a little podcast that a lot of people like. It's just me just going off on crazy um, diatribes by myself and talking to myself late at night. It's called Mad Marketing. You can check it out on iTunes. You can find me on the Twitters, at The Sales Lion. And, of course, my website is thesaleslion.com. John, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much. Well, Marcus, I'm sure, uh, thank you, of course, for joining us. I'm sure we will uh, see you uh, fairly soon out there on the road. Thank you.